You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us, and he is actually in the studio. Peter, welcome. It's good to be here, Jason. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Now, Peter, you're in the studio, but I'm not. This is uh, what you'd call long-distance communication. It is. It could even be called remote learning because I'm learning on the job here. Yeah. And uh, it's it's like being on the phone, but it's not just me on the phone to you. It's me on the phone to Australia-wide, which is great. So good morning, Australia. Yeah. So um, I've uh, caught, uh, caught a bug or something, uh, Peter, and so I'm staying away for your benefit. And uh, this morning we'll do this uh, a different way. But it's similar to the way some of the other pastors like David Leo and uh, David Maxwell do as well. So it's just that Yeah, we... well, the, the, I guess, you know, there are pros and cons to... Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for your consideration of not coming into this small studio uh, room with me and uh, sharing your bugs. But um, it's, um, yeah, there is... It's, it's great to be able to talk uh, this way, but at the same time, you know, there are benefits, aren't there, to being in-person communication. We were sort of thinking about this just before we came on air. And uh, we're, we're sort of uh, communicating remotely more and more as a society. And um, I think, you know, there's something that uh, is is uh, to be gained and some benefit to being actually face-to-face in the same room. I guess uh, COVID has taught us a little bit about being remote from each other. But uh, it's certainly nice to be in the same room. So I'll, I'll miss your face today, Peter. All right, I'll send you a, po- I'll send you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, so, Peter, today you're continuing your series, The Apprenticeship, which mm. is about uh, discipleship. And I think uh, how many more episodes have we got left of this one before we finish up? I'm just looking uh, right now. So uh, today we're going to be talking about the work and the life, and we'll get into that in a moment. Um Last week we were talking about growing up into Christ. Next week we will be talking about uh, can we know God? Um, and then we've got basic so next week, uh, one, two, three, four more weeks to go. Yeah, okay. Four, four more episodes after this one. Cool. Now, if you remember, this is based on our listeners. Um, this is based on the book Steps to Christ. And you can actually get a copy of that book if you haven't got one already. You can text in steps number one, text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we can get you a copy of this book that we've been uh, using as the guide for our series. You can also listen to past episodes. You can catch up using the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au, or you can download the Faith FM Australia app from the App Store. So, Peter, today, the work and the life. I guess mm. uh, it's time to start uh, talking about today's topic. Yeah, and diving in. So uh, the work and the life, when it's a little bit self-explanatory, but in, in terms of... Um, so we're talking about being an apprentice, becoming a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, a learner of him. And uh, when we talk about this chapter or this topic of the work and the life, sometimes we... I think sometimes... Uh, work um, 
has a bad reputation within the Christian faith, or at least it does, I think, in um, you know certain evangelical circles. I, I think uh, in the sense that we we recognise, and we've talked about this at uh, length, I think, in previous uh, episodes, that we recognise that we, we can't save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We need saving from an external source. Mm. And so that's God, and that's why Jesus came into the world. He came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief, Paul says. But um, so, so we recognise we can't save ourselves. But then on the other hand, we, we sort of have to get a, an understanding um, of the fact that um, there is something for us to do. Um, there is work for us to do. In fact, in the Western world, we, we kind of have uh, a little bit of... Um, we've developed this notion that work is bad generally, that if I can avoid work, that's a good thing. If I can get somebody else to work for me instead, uh, that's better. If I can get a day off, that's, that's a good thing. Um, and yet at the same time, if we don't have any work, then we don't have a purpose. Mm. And if we don't have a purpose then we start to lose uh, meaning, we start to lose contentment, we start to lose satisfaction of life. Um, it's a very boring life if you have nothing to do. And, um, you know, if you want to see a person get depressed, you know, have them be, be made redundant. Um, you know, it, it, if we have no purpose and no meaning, it can become a, a very dull ex- existence, and that's not God's plan. And even if you uh, think back to the Garden of Eden, when God created paradise and put the first humans in it, Adam and Eve, they had work to do. Uh, they had um, a garden to tend and to keep. And um, so even before the fall, even before sin had entered their lives, God had given them work to do because uh, they needed a purpose and, and uh, a, a, you know, a work to do. So when we're talking about that, what we're really talking about is how do we respond yeah. to to God's um, activity in our lives. So, how do we respond to what God has done? So, this Maybe is not this is not talking this is not talking about um, you know the work that we need to do in order to be saved. This is the work that we uh, that God has planned for us after we've been you know uh, accepted Christ and after we we have have um, accepted His plan of salvation. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's actually the, the working out of His will in our lives in many mm. ways. Um, and so we're talking about today the work and the life and how those two things go together. Maybe we pick it up, um, Jason, if you'd like to read John 1, 1 to 4, um, and we'll, we'll sort of see something there. Okay, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay, so in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So um, there's one more verse I'm going to read. It says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Sometimes we find it uh, difficult to understand the light when it comes into the world because it's so contrary to the principles and values, I guess, that the world has been uh, driving on, and we're really talking about selfishness and selflessness. So, so God is selfless, and He comes to uh, try to help us and, and save us and restore us uh, to what we we once were. But it says there, in Him was life. The life was the light of men. It's 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 Jesus that turns the lights on, if you like. Mm. Um, you know, He helps us to see 
uh, what we are, and he also helps us to see what we can become. And I think we talked in a previous episode about um, God wanting us to become the best version of ourselves. And the best version of ourselves is going to be uh, God and man united. In other words, God living within us through through the Spirit, and, we, and we'll talk about that. And the idea is that um, as we become united with God, then we're going to work out his will in our lives, and that will be for our benefit. It will be for the benefit of those around us, um, and it will be to the benefit of our relationship with God. And so I think um, this is this is why uh, God wants us to uh, learn from Him uh, and to follow Him. So, when, you know, this whole series is called the Apprenticeship, and it's really be about becoming a follower and a learner of Christ. And so, as the Master does, uh, then He then we learn how to to do that and to to practice that also. And of course, this is what um, the other you know beings in in the heavenly, that the unfallen beings that we call angels, um, they're actually uh, working in harmony with God as a natural, just a natural consequence. And um, if you look at uh, Hebrews one fourteen, uh, I don't know if you've got that, Jason, there. Yeah, I've got it here. It says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So it's talking about angels and um, in that previous passage, and it says they're all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So angels are actively engaged in uh, good work for God and for us, um, but it's something that they willingly do. They're not, they're not sent out, um, you know, as unwilling participants. And I think that this is um, part of what we're going to be talking about today is how we engaged with God in the work that he is doing um, so that, uh, you know, we are co-workers with him, uh, not for our own salvation, but rather really for the salvation of others. We become acquainted with his desire to save others and to benefit others. And uh, so we, he gives us a part to play in that. I love the end of uh, Ephesians two eight to ten. Again, these are some of my favourite verses, and they come up yeah, again and again. Yeah, I was actually, going, you know, at the beginning of the program, I was thinking, oh, I, I should throw that in and yeah. singing Jason, get Jason to look that up while I'm well, talking. I've got about. it in front of me here, but in the New Living Translation, in particular, it says, "For we are God's master masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago." Mm. And uh, to me, that's I a think, good summary. Yeah, I think that's what we're really talking about today, isn't it? It's not because, and it says earlier that we're saved by grace through faith. Yes. But and we can't take credit for that. But He does have a good work for us to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, before we go to the break, we've got a question for our listeners. How would you define success? We'd love to hear from you. How would you define success? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is Casting Crowns with Loving My Jesus. I was a wandering soul Travelling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance inside I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow 
that's been the rest of my life. Loving my Jesus, showing my scars, telling my story of how mercy could reach you where you are. And I pray the whole world hears the cry of my tries to make you hide whispers that same old lie keep all your pain inside cause no one will understand the last thing this lost world is someone I'm trying to be the truth that is song's been sung I stand face to face with the one who gave all for me may all I have to show be all that mattered most making your great name known let this be my only legacy Loving my Listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on the topic of the work and the life. 
And before the break, we asked you a question. How would you define success? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in your answer on 0488 Now, Peter, before the break, we were talking about this grace and works. It's been a huge topic of debate and conversation in Christianity over the past 2,000 years. Um, but uh, mm. we need to delve into this a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, I, I, before we went to the break, you uh, read out Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And uh, I think that's a wonderful passage because it, it's very clear. I think it's about where we put our priorities and also where we put our focus. So if we are focused on Christ and what he's done for us, then the, the natural consequence of that is we will become more like him. We will want to follow him. We will want to do what he does. Um, I think many religions, one of the things that um, one of the reasons why this has become a contentious sort of conversation about grace and works is because so many religions of the world have taught and even um, you know parts of Christianity in the past have taught that in order to get God's favour that we have to do good works mm. um, that that's how we get his attention but in actual fact uh, the biblical story is really that we're bankrupt of any good works in fact the Bible says all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Mm. And, and, you know, you just contemplate that sentence for a moment. It doesn't say all our bad works are as filthy rags. It says all our righteousness, all the best things we do mm. are, are tainted with uh, sin and selfishness. And so um, we are in desperate need of, sa- of, of salvation, and that's mm. what God offers us. And the good works that the Bible talks about, it's basically saying, if the Holy Spirit is working in you, if God is working in you, this is what it should look like because God is working out his will in your life and you'll be cooperating with God. You'll be working with him to to bring glory to God and to save other people. And so um, that that's just a natural consequence of, of the Spirit living in us. And we can see a little bit of that if you look at... Um, Galatians five twenty two to 23. And I might get you to read that, Jason, if you've got that open there. Yeah, I've got it. So, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And I'll just remind our listeners, these are the fruit of the Spirit that uh, David Maxwell has been studying on Thursday's program. So you can catch up on that and I think we're on our last one oh, this Thursday so that will be the self-control so right yeah so yeah, the, yeah there's, so there's a lot of um, you know you can dig a little deeper with uh, David on that one but um, the, the idea is this is an interesting part to me it says the fruit of the spirit in other words this is what the spirit produces I think we talked last week or something um, about um, you know the apple tree produces apples because it's an apple tree not in order to be mm. an apple tree yeah so it's not trying to prove i am an apple tree and therefore here's my apples i, I love uh, that but, uh, illustration yeah i'll, I'll because, try to remember that <laughs> yeah. well it's actually not mine it's actually from morris venden who who uh, by the way uh, just a, a little foreshadowing um our book offer this uh, week is going to be by morris venden but um yeah he he used to say that uh an apple tree produces apples because it is an apple tree, mm. uh, never in order to be one. And so, therefore, as Christians, if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, then we are producing good works because we are Christians, not in order to be Christians. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, that that makes it, um, you know, fairly plain from from that perspective. And And, you know, one of the reasons for this, by the way, is... 
If you go back to the very beginning of the Bible, it says that God created man in his own image after his likeness. So to some degree, we were like God in terms of the way we uh, behaved, the characteristics that we had. And um, obviously when sin entered and we uh, we, we, um, left the Garden of Eden, we left the paradise that God had created, then um, we, we no longer reflected that image of God perfectly. And one of the reasons Jesus came into the world is to restore the image of God in man. And so if, if God is behaving in, in a selfless manner and uh, at the heart of sin is, is selfishness, then we want to extend God's kingdom. We want to extend his influence. We want to be his representatives and we want to live uh, uh, reflecting that character so that we are once again living out the image of God um, in the human um so experience. Yeah. So basically, we can't be a genuine Christian. Well, let, let me ask this question: mm. Can can we be a genuine Christian and simply, you know, after we're saved, sit back and say, "Okay, we're saved now. We're right. There's nothing I need to do in my life. I just need to just just believe, and that's it. There's there's no nothing more for me to do." Well, I guess a person could choose to do that, but that, that's not coming from the Spirit. Mm. So, in other words, sometimes in um, the Christian life, we... Well, I think it's the unconverted person that says, uh, what's the minimum I need to do mm. in order to get to heaven? Um, that's not a converted voice speaking, in my, you know, from, from my experience and from what I read in Scripture. Is, is a Christian is not saying... Uh, tell me what the bare minimum is, that's what I'll do. Rather, uh, a converted person is saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Mm. Uh, because, you know, if you're going to call God Lord, you're essentially saying uh, that you are greater than I, right? Uh, to call God God or to call him Lord, you're saying you are greater than I. And therefore you're saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Um, whereas if we're putting limitations on what we will or won't do for God, then I think there's something wrong with that relationship. I think that's true in any relationship, right? If you, you think about a marriage relationship, um, it's interesting. You know, I've conducted a few weddings and uh, actually been to my own as well. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you were there, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I was there. But um, when you, you go through the vows that people do, and sometimes people will write out their own vows these days and, and what have you, but generally speaking, we're, we're saying what we will do for that other person. We're saying, I'm going to love, honour and cherish this other person in sickness, in health, for better or for worse, until death us do part. This is what I will do. There's nothing in those vows that says, if you do this, then I'll do that. Um, it's, it's actually just uh, the person saying, this is what I promise to do. And then the other mm. person makes their promise, and this is what I promise to do. And so, you know, um, it's, you don't have, I've never conducted a wedding or been to a wedding where they've said, I'll do this, but I'm definitely not going to be doing that. You know, this is the list of things I will do, but there's no way I'm doing, you know, I'm not going that far. And, and that's what, and why is that? That's because at the, at the wedding service, you're making your commitment to love the other person unconditionally. And um, 
you know, we, we sometimes don't remember that after the church service mm. or, you know, we forget it fairly quickly or we maybe we forget it frequently and we need to be reminded again of the promise that we made. Um, so, and I think that that's basically because why why do people make those promises? Because they love the other person. And I think that that's true in, in Christianity. We're basically... Uh, when the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts and we realize just what God has done for us, um, anything that we can do for God is is um, minor compared to what God has already done for us. Mm. And we're willing to do it because we love him. We recognize he loved us before we even loved him. And uh, we're willing to respond to that in, in love ourselves. We've had a uh, person text in. Raphael has texted in in response to our question that uh, what defines success? Mm. Um, It might be a good time to read that. It says the world defines success mainly by measuring the amount of wealth, power and popularity a person obtains in this world. But we should, as Christians, be obedient to God, empowered by the Spirit of God, motivated by love for God and directed toward the advancement of the kingdom of God. Success begins with obeying God's commandment to repent and believe in Jesus. Then everything else uh, you may be blessed with. Mm. Thanks, Raphael. That's uh, that's powerful. That's great. It is. Yeah. It is. I'll share. I'm going to wait and see if uh, a couple of others will text in mm. to that question of uh, how would you define success because I want to share a thought as well, but I really like what he's written there. Mm. We're going to go to another break in a moment. Uh, just uh, want to remind our listeners, text us in, how would you define success? 0488-880-891. We've got a book offer coming up, and it's called Faith That Works. In the next section, we'll give you more information about that book. It's a great book, and uh, listen out for the code that is coming up. But right now... This is Hilary Scott and the Scott family with Stephen Curtis Chapman, The Faithful Love of Jesus.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're speaking with Peter Watt on the topic of the work and the life. Now, before the break, we had asked you a question. How would you define a success? We'd love more people to text in 0488 Text us in. How would you define success? Peter, as we've been talking, I, I just can't help but think that, you know, as Christians, we are meant to be followers of Christ. You know, that's what this whole series is about, that's learning true. how to be a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ. And so uh, I observe in the life of Christ how he served, how he served every person that he came in contact with. Mm. And I guess that's part of the the converted Christian, is that willingness and that desire to serve. Yeah. So, the, you know, the series is called The Apprenticeship and the, the chapter we're looking at is called The Work and Life. And I guess it's we're talking about the work and life of an apprentice, uh, meaning the work and life of someone who's a follower of Jesus, a disciple. And um, that's going to reflect the master. And if you read, uh, J- Jason, if you can read Mark 10.45, I think there's a, a, a clue here. And, and um you know, I'll give you some background after you've read this uh, verse. It says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Yeah. So Jesus, now, part of the challenge of, of uh, the Christian faith is trying to understand who Jesus is and then what he has done. Uh, only then can we have a true appreciation for for what 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 the whole message is really all about, and who Jesus is is he's the King of the universe come down in human flesh, and so this is the Creator of the universe, who then comes to Earth as a man, and then he behaves in a way that you wouldn't expect necessarily the King of the universe to behave. Mm-hmm. He's so humble and so serving, and he's so self sacrificial. Um, that we find it incredible because he's the most powerful being in the universe. He created the whole universe, and yet he's come down and he's willing to serve his creatures. He's willing to serve humanity and give himself for that. And, and, you know, he said the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve. And so this should be our response also. It's interesting when um, his disciples were talking and, and saying, you know, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Uh, and this is how he's responding to this. And he's saying, you know, those in the world, they sort of lord it over people and they, they, they love to have people being servants for them. You know, I, I'm the one who's being served and it's all a very self-serving, self, uh, selfish kind of existence, mm. that, that attitude. And Jesus comes and, and turns it completely on its head and comes and, and uh, plays the part of the servant. Mm. And says, this is how it's done. This is how we should live. And if you think about it, if uh, the Bible says that God is love, and if he's wanting to restore harmony to the universe and have uh, that that harmony uh, continue, which is what's going to happen you know, when this great controversy between good and evil is over, then that's only going to happen if everybody has this sort of selfless existence where my concern is for others and not just about me mm. um, and and if everybody feels that way then everybody's going to be cared for because there's somebody else caring for everybody else um, and so he's calling us to serve just as he served 
um, not you know, it, it's kind of um, when I, I talked before in in uh, the radio program, and maybe there are people who are listening who haven't heard my voice before. But I used to be an atheist till my mid twenties and um, lived a very selfish existence. And then I was confronted with the reality of who God was, and then the claims that he makes on my life that you can read about in the Bible. And um, somebody once said that the challenge for the natural man is to become spiritual. But the challenge for the spiritual man is to become natural. Mm. And and what they meant by that was that as a natural person, as a selfish person, the challenge for me is to to, to let that go and become a spiritual person. Mm. But then the challenge for the spiritual person is to allow that spirituality become a natural outworking in the life. Because, um, you know, when we're talking about being an apprentice, when we're talking about being a disciple of Jesus, there is a learning process. There is a learning, a day-by-day learning, hopefully, of, of finding out what the principles of the kingdom of God are and allowing God to influence us, uh, allowing God to feed us through his word uh, and, and allowing um, and, and then being willing to follow his lead. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that uh, as spiritual people, people who want to serve God, we have to allow God to change us and to fill us with the Spirit so that our natural inclination is to do the will of God. Mm. Uh, our natural inclination is to serve, is, is to act in a selfless way as opposed to a selfish way. Um, there's another passage of Scripture I'd like you to read, Jason. It's um, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, and this is um, uh, quite early in the Sermon of the, on the Mount. Jesus gave this famous sermon that lasts about three chapters in Matthew, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking to a large crowd of people. But he says um, something interesting in Matthew five fourteen to 16. He says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. There's yeah, it's that verse 16 that really uh, intrigues me. He says, um, Jesus says, let your light so shine before men, mm. which is kind of interesting. So what, what's another word for let there? Uh, make or um, not make so much. Um, I would say allow. Allow, allow yeah. Permit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let your light shine. So he could have said, "Let make your light so shine." Mm. But then, you know, that would mean that you are you're probably the source of the light. Yeah. Um, where it says, "Let your light so shine," and he actually gives some examples there, which you read out. Uh, you don't light a lamp and then put a basket over the top of it. You know, um, because then you can't actually see the light that you've lit. Mm. Lit, and he says, "Let your light so shine." He says, "You are the light of the world," but we know that that's true only because God is living within us. So, for instance, Jesus also says in the Gospels, "I am the light of the world." So we can understand how Jesus is the light of the world. But if the Holy Spirit, uh, if if the presence of Christ is dwelling in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, then we become the light of the world. And um, he says, let your light shine. In other words, don't obscure the light. Don't prevent the light from shining. Let that light shine. And as we do, people will see your good works and glorify 
you that no. that that part yeah that's that's the bit that uh, stood out to me is that uh, yeah. god doesn't have a problem with people seeing our good works but it's not mm-hmm. to glorify ourselves it's to glorify exactly. god himself yeah. yeah and so that that's the thing so the idea is that if if god through the spirit is dwelling in us uh, he will bring out the fruit of the spirit we've talked about that before and people will see that and they will see uh, if if though if that fruit is genuine, it, they will be drawn to God mm. as opposed to drawn to us. I mean, I guess they'll be drawn to us too, in as much as they want to see more of the light that's emanating yeah. through us, right? Mm. But at the same time, it's really about attracting them to the original light of the world, which is Jesus Himself. And so, um, I think that's interesting that He says that. Don't prevent it. Let your light shine. Don't obscure it. And sometimes as Christians, we're tempted to do that, aren't we? Mm. We're tempted to cover up the fact that we're Christians. We don't, we're not always open about the fact that we're Christians. Or, um, you know, we, we, uh, it's not the immediate first thing that we talk about when we talk to people. Or they might say, what did you do on the weekend? And you might say, oh, not much, you know. We, we rarely will say, oh, I went to a wonderful worship service. Mm. <laughs> you know, we, we rarely will say those things. And um, he's saying, let your light shine. Don't be embarrassed about who you are and what God has done for you. Um, don't be ashamed of the gospel. And so I think that's important. Now, I think... Um, you know, if you think about it, God has given us a part to play in the salvation of others. And, um, you know, why do you think that is? Any ideas? I think uh, there's some benefit or reward, perhaps, when we do God's work. It gives us a sense of purpose, gives mm-hmm. us a sense of meaning in life. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that we, t- we touched on that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, you know, I think... It gives us a sympathy with Christ. If Christ came into the world to save sinners, he is then taking that which has an... In a way, it makes perfect sense because God could have used angels or just the Holy Spirit to reach people without us being involved at all. Mm. Um, But he uses us. Why? Because we have had the experience of being lost and then being brought into a saving relationship. And I think as, as... you know, we are, if you like, living examples that God can save people. Yeah. And so, so I think that's one of the reasons why he uses that we can be um, in tune with his very mission that he came into the world for. We've got to go to a break, Peter, so I'm going to have to hold you up there. And uh, Faith That Works is our book offer for today. It's uh, by Morris Venden. He explores the strange and wonderful kingdom of grace and explains how to fight the fight of faith. You don't get righteousness by seeking righteousness, he writes. Righteousness comes by seeking Jesus. Both seekers and do-it-yourselfers will find here a feast of good things. Open this daily devotional book and join the party. That's the book offer that we'll give you the code to right after this break. But right now, this is Andrew Peterson with Serve Him, Holy is the Lord. High this mountain, broad this sea Still my sin ran deeper Grave offense my soul did wreak Against creation's keeper But see what power so fell and fair 
Estate his holy justice God himself all hell did bear How great his love for us is So serve him, oh serve him to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and before the break we promised our code to our book giveaway today 
The book is Faith That Works, and that's by Morris Venden. It's a great book. We've only got two copies of this book to give away, so the first two in will receive this copy of the book. Text in steps number 8 to 0488 That's steps number 8, no spaces, 0488 Peter, we're in our wrap-up time. We've mm-hmm. got about five, uh, six minutes or so to uh, finish up. So how would you like to do that today? All right, well, well, first of all, somebody might be uh, listening to our program today and thinking, well, you know, I just don't feel like living a selfless life. I don't feel like serving, um, you know, and it just seems too hard, uh, you know, that, that um, what's in it for me kind of thing. And I, I think that recognising that um, this is episode nine in a series that we're talking about the apprenticeship, how to become a disciple of Christ. And I think that um, what I would want to say is, is God wants us to come to him just as we are. Mm. Uh, he doesn't want us uh, to put all these conditions and saying, oh, you've got to be like this, you've got to be like Not at all. What we're talking about here is how the Christian life develops over time and how we uh, learn and grow through becoming a disciple of Christ. So just bear that in mind as we, um, we are talking. And we've talked about, you know, Jesus came as a servant uh, and that's how he wants us to 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 live on this life. It's interesting. A, a few years ago, um, BBC had an article on their news website that uh, I saw. and It was talking about happiness. See, everybody's looking for happiness. Just about everybody wants to be happy. Um, and, and how is happiness achieved? And it's interesting because um, they did a. Uh, some research and they discovered that what makes people happy is giving and serving Mm. which is quite remarkable because of course that's precisely really what Jesus uh, is trying to get us to to do that's what God is God is giving and serving Mm. and he wants us to be in his image of giving and serving Um, I think you've got a a Bible verse there a a Bible passage I should say Philippians 2 uh, 12 through 15 if you'd like to read that Jason says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. All right, so that passage there, you know, goes along beautifully with what Jesus was talking about in uh, Let Your Light Shine. You know, in as we are um, obeying God, as we are living in the world, as we are... Um, you know, caring for other people, uh, allowing God to work in us and to to work out His will in our lives, uh, then we we become, uh, you know, the children of God. In in the you know we we sometimes will say you know like father like son, and uh, that's what how God wants it to be. He wants us to be um, reflectors of the love that He has for humanity Mm. and um, I think that's important to understand so you know we've been talking about uh, the work and the life and we're really talking about the work and the life of a disciple of Christ Um, I don't know if you were going to ask me this question Jason but uh, my listener question for the today was um, Uh, how would you define success so how would you define success Peter (laughs) (laughs) well I'd heard this sentence and I thought it was pretty good that for the Christian success is Finding out the will of God 
and doing it. And doing it, yeah. That that really is success from a Christian perspective, is finding the will of God and doing it. And that's what I meant before by the Christian is not going to say, well, you know, tell me the bare minimum and I'll do that. Mm. No, a Christian's going to say, Lord, what is your will? I will do it. Mm. Um, and, you know, self is set aside and uh, God's love for humanity, um, God's love and the character of God is is, is what we want to um, emulate and we want to share with the world. You know, there's a parable, you know, some people might say, well, I can't really do a lot for God. I don't have, you know, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking, yes, I could do this, but there's somebody else who can do it better than I can. Yeah. Right. Uh, and there's, that's always going to be the case, by the way. Mm. Uh, first and foremost, Jesus can always do things better than we can, right? So there's always going to be someone who can do it better than you. But the, the point here is, what have you got? What has God given you? What do you have that you can share with somebody else? And it might just be an encouraging word. It might be a smile. It might be um, a helping hand. Um, what is it that we have that we can share with somebody else? Rather than thinking about, oh, somebody else has more and they can share, but, you know, I have no responsibilities in this. It's interesting. There's a parable that Jesus taught in Matthew 25 where he basically says, you know, this man um, gives talents to all of his servants. And to one he gave five, and to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. But there wasn't anybody he didn't give any to. Mm. And so he always gives talents. Everybody has one talent at least. And God wants us to use that talent to um, to further the kingdom and to, to grow the kingdom. And so uh, there's none of us, if we're followers of Christ, there's none of us who have nothing. The, the, it's true um, that there are probably people who can do it better than me. But there are also lots of people who don't have what God has given me and therefore I can share with them. Mm. It's uh, It's always tempting, isn't it, to think well you know i can't do that very well i can't mm. uh, do it as well you know i know that occasionally i give a sermon peter and and uh, you are so experienced and comfortable with giving sermons but when i get up to uh, give a sermon at church i feel very out of my depth and uh, but somehow or another um i feel that uh, god it, use you yeah god god still has a work for me to do so I do it despite the fact that I'm not very comfortable sometimes in doing that and I think sometimes we've got to be pushed outside of our comfort zone a little bit in order to serve God it's how we grow it's yeah. how we grow and this is what part and parcel of what it means to be a, d- a disciple and an yeah. apprentice yeah what have you got for us next week Peter okay so next week we are talking about in fact we're asking the question can we know God mm. And uh might seem a little odd, given that all we've been spoken, speaking about. But to what extent can we know God? Can we know God? That's what we're going to be talking about uh, next week. And uh, we're going to continue this journey of discipleship. And uh, that'll be our episode for the, apprentice, uh, the apprenticeship next week. And uh, join us tomorrow with Tabitha and Daniel. They'll be talking about the Bible as meditation. Now, oh, let me just mention too, Jason, if I can. Very quickly, yeah, this week, um, this Saturday morning, I'll be speaking at Collinsvale Seventh-day Adventist Church, in, and I'll be sharing the message from Atheism to Faith. Okay. And uh, Steps 8 is our code for today, so do remember that. Thank you, Peter. We have to go now. I think, uh, yeah, we're out of time. So we will talk to you again next week. 
This is Arise. Wherever you are, have a great day. Thanks for joining us. From distant lands and across the seas, God called us together as a family. In breaking of bread and daily fellowship, in doctrine and prayer, we became equipped. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. Now is the time to live for God's kingdom, to heal the broken hearts and set the captives free. by the Spirit and a single goal to share the gospel and to save lost souls. Arise, shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. Now is the time to live for God's kingdom to heal the broken hearts and set the captives free. in us ever patiently through the struggles and the victories God has used it all to make us ready as this chapter ends and a new one starts we know God has plans for each one of time has come for us to part we'll keep the memories stored within our hearts arise shine for your light is come and the glory of the lord is risen upon me now is the time to live for god's kingdom to heal the broken hearts and set the captives free This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.